This week on the podcast, it's the second half of our interview with Disney Imagineer, professional puppeteer, and artist Terry Harden. Carrie, Cheryl, and I had a chance to sit down with Terry, and she had so many incredible stories, it just wouldn't fit in one episode, so we had to span it over too. If you haven't heard the first one, go back to last week and listen to that. This week, Terry is sharing more of her fascinating career, people she's worked with, things that have inspired her, her outlook on life. It's incredible. It's entertaining. It's inspiring. Stay tuned for the rest of our conversation with Terry Harden. Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started. All right, we're ready for part two. What's so funny is we're going to pick up the conversation right where we were talking about how long we'd been talking for. (laughs) Here you go. But if you listen to my pod to my facebook live you know they go long <laughs> so <laughs> my you... husband says one thing you do well honey is talk that's one thing i <laughs> warned fran about i said you know i i know i'm up at expert but i have a feeling that she'll take off with the show for you <laughs> yeah I'll... you 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 have to interrupt because in my on the black half of my family if you didn't interrupt you didn't exist mm. so I always tell people, just go ahead and interrupt as they stop, you know, because, because, uh, I don't take a breath often. So, um, <laughs> feel free to, you know, <laughs> and the reason I'm going so long now it, in, in, on my, on my lives is because of the pandemic. I had people writing to me saying they were very sad and depressed mm-hmm. and they were going down the rabbit hole and they didn't know how to get out. And they found that if they could just keep it together from Monday to Friday, between the time that I speak that they were doing better. So I said, okay, let's, let's keep that going. I can totally see how people are reaching out because I think you are an incredibly positive. You have such a a unique outlook and it sounds like it was the perfect union of your, your mom and your dad to give you that perspective on life. Well, and and then my husband, I I have to say that I married the love of my life. It took 25 years to get this fool, but I finally got it, okay? It, uh, and there's another. You like love stories? The, the February, it's a good one. It's a good one. But the point is, is he came back and uh, we were separated for 15 years. He married someone else, divorced and came looking for me, you know, and found me. And uh, I had tried to get on with my life. I had married before, not so successfully. And uh, there we were. So now we've been married for 15 years and we just are so happy. But I remember that we were going to these parties and so many people like to hear my story. So they would sit around and go, tell us a story, tell us a story. (laughs) And I would sit and tell them a story. And after one day, my husband went with me and he said, you know, I'm really glad you make them happy by telling them stories, but you should ask about them. You know, don't you want to know about them? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he says, well, name three things about anyone in that audience. And I couldn't do it. So all of a sudden I said, hmm, isn't that interesting? So now 
when I'm in a room, I want to talk to all of you as much as you want to talk to me. So I'm absolutely thrilled that Carrie is into Muppets and, <laughs> and uh, you know, she has this beautiful cat named Figaro. And so I, I really, you know, and, and we could talk about you guys as well. I would love that. But what that's, that's, and, and I'm blown away because I was, when I started asking people about themselves, that's when I really, I mean, my husband says, they'll give you gifts without you even knowing it. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that, you know, because my husband was like, you know, <laughs> if you can't name three things about other people, you talk it too much. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to a party and I'm going to start asking questions and, and it'll be a conversation. I know on a podcast, it's a little different, but I have a Patreon page and mm -hmm. I have a, a group of people called Terry's Tribe. And when I started out, I didn't really know. I was kind of drafted into building it, which was, I mean, I love her, but she drafted me. And the way Patreon pages work is someone can invite you, you know, they don't have to, but this woman did. Mm -hmm. She invited me. And if I set my page up and I launched it in 30 days, and in that second 30 days, whatever, and it's a membership site. So anyone who became a member they would take the monies that I had earned from mm -hmm. these members and give her, and, and as a gift to us for working so hard and getting it done quickly, they would give her 50% of whatever I brought in. Oh, okay. So nothing like pressure. I launched it and managed to make uh, several hundred dollars and she ended up getting several yeah. hundred dollars. And I was really happy, you know, I was really, really, happy that I was able to do this, that she benefited for, for right. free. But it was a broken situation because I wasn't sure what tiers what? I wanted to do. And any artist who's thinking of doing Patreon, any podcaster, it, 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 it's getting better, mm -hmm. but uh, it's still a little bit, you know. But what happened was the people that started to come, I have a $5 tier level. I also have a $1,000 tier level a month, wow. okay? because I listened to someone who was on Patreon and she said, shoot for the stars, you could hit the moon. Mm -hmm. So she said, have a level that's like five, 10 bucks. And then she says, just do it. They, they don't have to do it. Right. And sure enough, someone did it. <gasps> oh my goodness. Choked when they did, <laughs> you know, but the $5 level is the one I promote the most. And it's not because it's only $5, but because this gets you a Facebook page. You get to go to the private Facebook page. I do two lives before I do my public lives. Mm -hmm. So 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning, I do a half hour, 45 minutes uh, private one. And then I go out and do the public one for everybody else. And then I do a Zoom call every Wednesday. And uh, this is where I ask people. I do a thing called Spotlight and say, I'd love for you to tell me about you. Mm -hmm. Many of them are very shy. But if I can get one or two, it's a lot of fun to hear about their lives. And they always say, I'm not that interesting. And then they hit you with a zinger. Like, oh, my only dream was to be a wife and mother. But that's not exciting. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why did you say that? Why did you say being a wife and mother as your dream is not a good dream? Why is that a bad dream? So I said, I think what you're doing is amazing. 
she says, well, I'm also a martial artist. What? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you bring so much sunlight into other people's days. But if I think about your career, is there someone you, you worked with that you mentored, that you got to see them flourish in their career? Jenny G. That come right into my head. Boy, that came fast. <laughs> Jenny G. I cannot say her last name. Uh, and she's so understanding because it's like Gelanu or something. But <laughs> I always just call her Jenny G. I say, I'm sorry, I can't say the whole thing. Um, in 2019, I hosted these retreats. And in the beginning, people said, Terry, you could do a retreat. You know how they have those retreats where people talk up in front and you learn, you write in your little manual, you stand up and you dance to stretch, all that kind of stuff. It's marketing usually, Uh, you know, how to market, how to market, market, social media. It's all that stuff. Now there's tons of them, how to write a book, you know, and you're like, but anyway, so they said, Terry, you can fill a room with 200 people. And I said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And then I went home and said, no, that sounds awful. <laughs> I'm not really interested in doing that. I am interested in speaking. I will speak in front of thousands of people. I have no problem. I have no fear. 500,000, 10 million, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't. I remember I spoke at uh, 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 Akron University in um, Akron, Ohio. And they paid me a really good fee to speak. And as I walked onto the stage, a little voice in my head said, what if you're not worthy? Just went in there. Little jerk. <laughs> and I, I stood, I stopped for a minute. My heart started beating fast. And then I said, shut up voice. And I went, <laughs> I went out, I did it. What you have to say you have to tell that voice to be quiet you know you're making a lot more money than usual are you sure you're worthy <laughs> shut up voice i gotta go do this now um but the point is is that when i'm in, when i'm working with people i realized i like to be a lot more intimate so in 2019 i did two retreats where i invited people to join me for a weekend uh at a luxury like a luxury apartment or a cabin or whatever, but it was going to be three days of me and 10 other people. And we were going to work on your challenge, whatever it was. And it's how to make a living doing what you love. So whatever that means to you, you let me know if you want to do it. And there were 10 people. So my first one had 10 people and one of the persons was Jannie. And Jannie is this amazing artist. She, if you, if you go, if you go to my, my Facebook page, you'll see, she's just a brilliant artist. And Jannie was in the front row. I'll never forget her. And her arms were crossed. And she said, uh, I, I did my thing. I said, you know, it's great to give back. It's a great way to get noticed if you, if you do things for charity. And I said, but then you want to also price your work. You know, your your work is worthy. You're an artist. You're creating it from nothing. It's not a shirt, you know. So don't let people tell you they're going to pay you 30 days, la- 30 days later. It's ridiculous. You know, can they go into a laundry and say, oh, by the way, I'm going to take this shirt, but 30 days later, I'm going to pay you. <laughs> and they don't, they don't do that. And it's a shirt or a dress. Your art is much more valuable than that. So Jenny raised her hand and she says, well, you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. You know, one minute you say donate, the next minute you say charge, which is it? I said, well, you got to eat. 
You can't be donating all your stuff and not be fed. You got to pay the visa bill. So maybe you do the first part first and you don't always have to do a big donation. You know, you can do something little, but it does make you feel good to help others move forward. And, and I say, you got to do it. And she says, well, that's the toughest thing is, you know, here in Canada, art is dead and nobody's buying. I said, I don't mean to be rude, but if they're not buying, they're not buying you. Mm. Why aren't they buying you? And she looked at me, you know, and I said, because they're buying, trust me, they're buying. It's just, they got to buy you. If you're sitting behind in a public place and you're looking at your phone and you're not meeting and greeting everybody, that could be part of it. Not saying it's you, but could be you. And I said, if you don't have prices on your stuff, maybe that's a little challenge because sometimes people get shy. You don't have to price everything, but you might want to price a couple of things. She says, well, I have trouble pricing that stuff. She says, I don't know what to charge for it. And I said, I'll bet you you do. And she says, what do you mean? And I said, what do you got that's really special that you've done that you can't set a price for that you don't know? She says, I've got this painting. And I said, okay. I said, how big is it? She says, oh, it's about six feet by three feet. I said, hmm. I said, is one of a kind? She says, yeah. I said, never going to paint it again? She says, no. I said, all right. I said, I'll give you 150 bucks for it. She says, oh, no. I said, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> How about 500 bucks? No. 2,000? No. I said, it sounds like you know your price. And I said, let's go the other way. 10,000? She goes, oh, I'd sell it for 10,000. I said, oh, okay. What about 8,000? Yeah, I'd still sell it for 8,000. Okay, what about 7,000? Yeah, I'd probably sell it. Okay, so now we know <laughs> that you will, you know, and she just started laughing. She just started, she says, oh my God. I said, the problem is you can't, you may not feel strong enough to, to say that price, but you know what that price, I mean, it's a one of a kind, it's unique, it's your blood, it's your bone, it's your art, she's a painter. So I said, you're a painter. You're, there is no other one. I mean, they you could do a print. And she goes, I hate prints. Okay, well, that's another story. We'll, we'll deal with that later. <laughs> but the bottom line was she was just so surprised that she actually did have a price. Wow. So now I do the retreat and she flies herself from Canada to be there. We cook together and we have all these little rooms. It's like a little dormitory. So you sleep, you're there three days. We cook, we eat, we chat, we learn about your lives, we learn about your background. Um, I did a sculpting class and they were blown away by how easy it was. And then we talked about each one of them. And Janny's husband said when she flew back to Canada, she was so lit, he was afraid she was gonna set the house on fire. She was so <laughs> excited, she had so much going on. Okay, so much, she says, I don't even know where to start. I'm just going to start painting. But what I did was ignite. So I say, you know, some people say, what's your superpower? My superpower is if you have wet gunpowder, mm -hmm. I'm going to help you light it. And then when you light it, hang on, because you are going to just explode. And that's exactly what Jannie did. I think two weeks later, she did a charity event where she did a painting on stage, it sold for twenty thousand wow. dollars. Oh my goodness! She was absolutely blown away. She, When's your uh, next retreat? <laughs> now, and that was twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Just saying. Now it's barely twenty twenty one, and she's in galleries. She's teaching. 
That must feel so great, though, to see such a success that you had, you lit, you lit the flame. And she, it was always there, though, you know, Francina was always there. That's amazing. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's like that thing, you have this block, you have this wet powder, and for some reason you can't get it dry. And I think that's just my ability is to be that, that match that ignites that wet powder and helps you to discover what you always had inside of you already. I have not done anything miraculous. We're just sitting and I'm saying, you know, so tell me about you. What, what is your passion? Uh, Is your passion your work or something else? Uh, I like to say that I have an unmagical job where I'm, you know, in a corporate world, but this is my passion. This social media, podcasting, hosting the website, talking about all things Disney, just happy stuff. Meeting new <laughs> That's people. wonderful. Now, now your, your job job is working with numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you find it boring, but you're like, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm really good at it. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where it pays the bills. It's, you know, for now, that's what I have to do to pay the bills. Yeah. Well, yep. think about think about a Patreon page and, and your people, you know, <laughs> take a look. And they, they support you. They help you out. It's, um, you know, every little bit helps and they all do. And, and you know, if you over deliver, which you guys have all over delivered tonight. You know, you, you just tell them, you know, you just say, hey, you know, this is my dream. If a person, I say to people, people ask me, how can you be an Imagineer? How can you do what you love? Well, first of all, social media exists. Mm-hmm. It didn't when I was looking for my dream. That doesn't mean that I walked in the snow uphill both ways. What that means is that I had a few things that were challenging. I was forced to knock on doors and say, please, sir may have a job, but in, but in, but in social media, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. You can post your art, you can post your work, or you can do a podcast. And then what you need to do that a lot of artists don't do. I ask this all the time is, are you posting your art? They go, yes, it's on Instagram all the time. How long have you been doing that? Oh, a year, two years, three years, fill in the blank. And have you told people what your dream is because if you just post your pictures all we're gonna do is like a lemming like it right like 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 what else do we know to do if you don't tell us so you tell us you tell everyone here i am i've decided to design an attraction for disneyland Mm -hmm. and it's just an exercise for me but i think disneyland could really use this or i think florida could really use this or i think this is what's missing And this is because I want to be an Imagineer. And you just post it and post it and post it. The thing that is so beautiful is that it's time stamped. Mm. We know when you, those pictures went up, don't we? So if Disney were to just take it, which that that's not going to happen. I don't think, I don't, I I don't know where it's happened. And I know Mm. several times when people have posted their dreams and had magic happen, Wow! you know, just so much magic happened. The little girl who was a drummer, and the next thing you know, she's with her favorite band drumming, and she's what, nine? <laughs> <laughs> there are so, uh, so many things so that many. We, can, we can do, and I know, like, I could listen to you for days. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> you just tune in on Friday, and you will be. <laughs> <laughs> I will, for sure. But you know something that... But Francine, here's the thing. One more thing for you. You really, 
And I will say it too. If this is your dream is to do this, if this is Carrie's dream and Cheryl's dream and the three sisters are dreaming this, then reach out to your followers and say, for two or three bucks a month, would you will it be willing to help us? Because we'd really like to spend more time creating content for you. There are lots of podcasters on Patreon who that's how they manage to break free and do their job mm. and always share your heart. So I'm going to tell you, or you can do, I don't know, you could do something on Kickstarter. Uh, there was a, uh, my husband tells me about this little thing called Kickstarter. I'm like, what's that? Mm. Way back when. And uh, I met this guy. I'm trying to remember his name. I remember his project more than I remember his name, but he created this project and you can still look it up. It's called Pinstripe. And I backed it because his story was so compelling. Hmm. And the story went like this. Hi, everyone. Um, I've been working on this game for four years. I have a job that I don't like, but I also have a wife and I have a little child and I need to make ends meet. So this is my job that I'm doing. For four years, I've been working on this game that I really want to see made. So I get up at six in the morning and from six in the morning till nine, I work on this and then take care of my kids, go to work, come home, have dinner with my kids, put my kids to bed. And then from nine to midnight, I work on my game again. I've been doing it for four years. Please take a look at this because now I want to devote my life to creating video games. I really, really, really want to make pinstripe. And the art was beautiful. And the, the, it was a story. It's the story of a man who has to go after his daughter after the devil kidnaps her or a demon kidnaps her and takes her to the underworld. So he has to go save her from the underworld. Now, let me just point out, I don't do video games at all <laughs> ever so i just fell in love with this story and i said i want to help this guy out so i wrote to him and i said i want to back you um i'm just so excited i think this is great this is so wonderful i i really hope i really know you're gonna you're gonna achieve this well all he needed was like 40 grand and i think he went well over 40, like a hundred over a hundred thousand or something. Anyway, it was high. Maybe it was only 80,000, but the point is it was well over 40. I thought, wow, isn't it interesting that $40,000 is what stands between you and your dream? Mm -hmm. That seems kind of not, not that it just seems low for a dream. Yeah. Dreams should be millions of dollars. You know, I'd really, really like to fly up in space with one of those spaceships. But right now it's $200,000. I think now that's a dream. But, <laughs> but here was 40000 I thought, I got to help this fella out. Well, when he hit, and in Kickstarter, if you don't hit, you don't get the money. But he was well over it. And after he, he got the money, we didn't hear from him for a good two weeks. And finally, he wrote to us. That's the key to Kickstarter is keeping us in the loop. Because the reality is they can take your money and they don't have to really produce. Mm -hmm. But I knew this guy would produce. And uh, two weeks later, he wrote and he showed us a picture. And it was a picture of him and his wife from the back sitting on a bench in the fall. 
and his child playing in the leaves in front of him. And he wrote, I'm so sorry I didn't write you right away and say thank you. But right after Kickstarter sent me all of your generous backing, I quit my job. And for the first time in four years, I get to sit on a bench holding my wife and watch my son play in the leaves. And I wanted so bad just to do that. But now I'm ready to work and look for the game. But it was so wonderful. And that was years ago, guys. Now he has a company, a video gaming company. He's released three or four games. He's done everything that he ever wanted. And he's advising other people. I mean, wow. It's just, you got to take that step. It doesn't have to be a giant jump. It just has to be a baby step. And you just got to ask because we all want to help. Even if we're struggling, we still want to help. And you know, if a buck from 11,000 people comes in per month, I wouldn't do it on that. I'd start at $5. But the point <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> Patreon's uh, fee has gone up a little bit. But uh, if you start at $5 a person per month, that's only 60 a year and Starbucks charges more. Mm-hmm. So if a person, want, you know, values you and your podcast more than a Starbucks, then they, per month, they should say, hey, I, I would love to back you. And just think, you know, you get a thousand people at $5 a month. You get 2000 people at $5 a month who mm-hmm. believe as you do. And it doesn't hurt very much. It takes a village. Wow. So, so I think don't, don't give up. I don't want anyone to think they're too old or that it's, it's past <laughs> or I got too much to do. I mean, you know, those excuses will make you lay in your bed when you're about to die full of regrets and nobody wants to be regretful. And the pan, if the pandemic has taught us one, one thing, life can be very, very short. Something can come in and just totally upset your apple cart so bad mm-hmm. that it's going to be challenging to recover. And so you deserve as a human being, you got to remember God didn't make you a goose. God made you a human being. Imagine if God made you a goose. Oh my gosh. I but love you're that. an odd goose. You'd love the snow. You'd like not to fly south for the winter. Oh my God. But up you go and you're flying. And you're like, I don't want to go. Why am I flying? I don't want to go to Florida. I want to stay in Canada. Why am I flying? Why am I still flying? Because you're a goose and that's what you do. But a human being is a magical creature. And if your day is garbage, you can go to sleep, wake up the next day and have a brand new day over and over and over again. I mean, seriously, who needs the fairy godmother? You're your own fairy godmother, godfather, godchild, whatever. You just have to draw that line in the sand and make that decision. I'm going to. And if you're having trouble, (laughs) then you need to write to me. I I feel like I will. I'm going to be using this at work all the time and say, God didn't make you no goose. I have to. (laughs) What's the matter with you saying you can't do it? 
I want you, you can. You talk about you talked about this when we first started, and I felt like I missed the opportunity to ask the follow up question. Mm-hmm. Your dad was trained in radio, and mm-hmm. did he continue his career? So after that training. Because that one thing happened where they walked up and said, okay, we're going to send you to... Did he spend his career in radio? Yeah, he landed a job as a record spinner for Gary Owens and Roger Carroll. Gary Owens is the one who plays the voice of Powdered Toast Man and Ren and Stimpy, but he also was in Laughing. He's very big, very famous. Uh, he's gone now, but but my dad has always wanted to be Santa Claus. You know, I keep saying my, if anyone should win the lottery, it should be my father because he would give it to the world. You know, Mr. Harden, you've just won $900 million. And my dad says, how much is that after taxes? 500 million. Okay. How many people are in the world? Can I give them each a million or 500,000? My dad, it's just, he wants to be Santa Claus and being in the radio station, he got to create magic and he just, okay. So I love Don John Denver, and at 16, I went to Universal Studios to buy two tickets to see John Denver. I love John Denver. I had every album, every <laughs> album. And so I jumped in my car, Vader 1, and I drove up to my, <laughs> drove up to the amphitheater, which doesn't exist. And true story, I stood in line for half the half the night. And when I walked up to the ticket booth, they closed it and said, sorry, we sold the last tickets. So I didn't get tickets to see John Venver at the amphitheater. And I came home and my father said, how'd it go? And I said, oh, well, I didn't get the tickets, but that's okay. It's probably going to be really noisy. I have the albums. I can imagine (laughs) it. It must be a reason that I'm not going. So I'll be okay. And I went into my room and, and I put on an album and I forgot about it. I was 16 years old. A few months later, my dad calls me on the phone and he says, Terry, I need you to get down to the radio station and I need you to get here now. And I said, any reason? He says, nope. Just promise your father you're going to get in the car right now. You're not going to ask any questions and you're going to get yourself down into Hollywood. I said, sure. So I drove down into Hollywood and I pushed the button and said, I'm here to see my father, Richard Harden. And they said, Terry, come on in. And I walked in and I was met by John Denver. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I must have stood there looking at him like he had no clothes on. <laughs> because I was just, I, I did not believe that he was standing there. And John Denver walked up and he said, happy birthday. And I went to thank, thank, thank you. (laughs) I understand you couldn't get tickets to my concert. And I was like, "Uh, that's true. Uh, I just wasn't fast enough. And he says, well, here's two tickets to third row center. And the the only thing that you have to do in order to get them is to tell me your favorite song. And I said, grandma's feather bed and he said why and i said because we have one up north and he's like what <laughs> I, said, I said it's actually my aunt's feather bed but my whole family has to sleep in it when we visit my grandpa and my sister somehow turns around and gets her feet in my face every single time <laughs> 
<laughs> but it really, every time you sing it, I flash back to that moment when I was a kid. Uh, we didn't have a chicken we took from the shed, but I really, it, it, it just really. So I took my best friend with me. We went and sat third row center. John Denver started singing. Then he looked down at me and said, happy birthday, Terry. Here's your song and sang grandma's feather bed right to me. Oh my goodness. And it's all my father's fault. My dad, I, I guess John Denver was making the circuit around radio stations and my dad walking through the door of opportunity said, excuse me, Mr. Denver, can I talk to you? A wow. And that's all because he just, he just asked it. I love he that just saying walked walk, walking through the door of opportunity. And then John Denver said, I'll do the more than that. Can she get down here? And that's how that happened. My dad said, you bet she'll get down here. <laughs> and he said, don't tell her. Don't tell her it's me. But it's the same with Disney. So I'm, I'm applying for Disney for three months to get on this Imagineering job. Nine interviews. I can't even believe they're taking Nine. so long. And finally, I get a call to do a job for two weeks. Wait for it. Dolly Parton. What? Dolly Parton's Christmas special. <laughs> Favorite song, Coat of Many Colors. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm in. So Mac Davis was on there. Burl Ives was on there. Burl Ives, I got to tell you, my heart throbbed since I was little because he's the snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Holly jolly Christmas, come on. So I'm doing a puppet next to Burl Ives. He sings Holly Jolly Christmas. I burst into tears. He looks down and says, young lady, you're crying. I says, That's my favorite song. <laughs> it amazes me how like I've I've heard you in interviews and podcasts and, and you're you telling your stories on your lives, but I feel like you can constantly surprise us with somebody else that you've interacted with in your life and it's just incredible. It's a shock. <laughs> yeah. It's a shock. And people go, why don't you have pictures? And I always wondered, why didn't I take pictures? And the reason I don't is because I work with these people. They're my colleagues. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come front of mind. Mm -hmm. Here is someone who happens to be well-known, but we work together. So sometimes, like Michael Jackson, the picture I have Michael Jackson's because Michael Jackson said, Terry, everybody else is taking our picture. How come you haven't taken a picture with me? And I said, Michael, you're not a standy card. <laughs> Excuse me, put a coin here. No, I'm not going to do that. You're my friend. And he goes, well, if your friend wants a picture with you, will you take one? Sure. We took a picture. But uh, a lot of times I didn't. Like Ghostbusters, all of them, nope. Wow. You know, Dolly Parton, I don't have a picture. But get this, she signed my script. Oh, wow. Is she as wonderful in person? signed by her. Is she as wonderful in person as, as she is oh, on? The sweetest tiny lady on huge stilts. Wow. <laughs> she, she walks around on six inch heels. At least she did when I knew her. Um, I think she probably still does. And bless her heart. She was just this, this wonderful warm. And she walked over and she says, Terry, I just got to talk to you for a minute. And I said, all right, what can I do for you, Dolly? She says, what kind of moose do you use? Because my hair was out like this. <laughs> and I put on a stocking cap, which I called my anti-hair device so that my hair didn't look like a small dog when I was puppeteering. So I put that on there. And then after I was done, I took it off and it just went up again. <laughs> and Dolly was just so intrigued. And she said, 
I just can't get my hair to do that. And I said, well, um, it's, I don't use mousse. And she said, what do you mean you don't use mousse? I said, I'm, I'm half black. That's from my father. And she just started laughing. She, of course. <laughs> she started laughing. She thought it was hilarious. You know, but I said, it is kind of fun, isn't it? That I can flatten this down. And then when I, when I take the hat off, it goes whoosh. You know, <laughs> she, said, she said she just couldn't get over it. But that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I got, I wanted a signed autograph picture of Burl Ives because for, as a kid, I had just gone crazy over that. And, uh, and he gave me one and then he invited me up to Santa Barbara and I went and saw him up in Santa Barbara just before he died. And we spent the day uh, talking about what, what makes him happy. I think, I think when you have someone that you like a lot, you, you make sure that um, you have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So who haven't I met that I want to? Clint Eastwood. Oh. Dying to meet Clint Eastwood. I say it on every pro, everywhere I go. I go, In case I want to be listening. If you <laughs> have a way to connect with Clint Eastwood, I will even pay to his favorite charity for 15 minutes of his time. It is important because he did a movie that means a lot to me and I want to tell him. So, so Clint. because two weeks, I, I think I said my favorite actor is Eli Wallach. And two weeks later, I was doing a movie and the guy standing next to me was Eli Wallach. You're kidding. <laughs> I said, I just said I wanted to meet you. So you got to put it out there. Really? And I said, there you are. (laughs) How is this possible? And he says, well, let's let's pick up on that thought, but I have to act now. So I said, all right. And off he went. Wow. So you share your, you share your, I don't care who it is. If you walk up and you share your heart and you time it well, not good to do it in a urinal. (laughs) Harrison Ford said, I don't mind signing an autograph, but could you let me finish peeing first? <laughs> Wait, have, you he haven't said, met you Harrison Ford. How many people, if they see you in a bathroom, won't let you finish peeing before signing? How do you say I do that, friend? Oh, my you know? goodness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I ran into Harrison Ford at a charity event. Oh, my gosh. I can't even And he you. saw my sketch of him. <laughs> that I did back in 1977 oh. while watching Star Wars on the big screen. And oh just got my really goodness. warm. <laughs> he, he is my Clint Eastwood. If I, I, I couldn't even imagine meeting Harrison Ford. Well, I... And he was very funny because Harrison Ford wanted to be a character actor like I am. I'm a character actor. If, you know, somebody gets a clue that I'm a character actor and cast me more, I'll really be there. But the point is, is that he really didn't want to be a star. Mm-hmm. And but when you tell people after Star Wars, you really didn't want to be a star, they go boo-hoo all the way to the bank. Shut up. So, but he said, seriously, he said, seriously, I was, was a carpenter. I was building homes. I was very happy doing a little thing here and a little thing there. And then Star Wars hit. So you, you've got to, you've got to run with it. Now I'm a star. I can't go back mm-hmm. to the way I was. This is the way it is. Yeah. And uh, I started to do other films and I had to remember that the person that I'm playing is not me. Yeah. You know, there's a persona, you the product that you show, and then there's you. So if you get bad reviews, remember that's your product, not you. Don't don't take that poison, you know. And it was such a it was such a great thing to say. You know, your your persona for acting is going to be most of the time different from your persona. Mm-hmm. That is you. Protect you, and don't let those those negative things touch you because they're about your product, and not everybody's going to love your product. Oh, 
I love his products. He's, he's, yeah, he's, you know, he's a great, he said, you know, he's done. doesn't want to do the Star Wars anymore. I don't blame no, him. Go do I don't blame him either. I did hear that you didn't like the three in the, the middle. And, and I couldn't agree with you anymore. Yeah, my biggest pain is that Disney had the opportunity to do seven and they botched it. <laughs> That's the thing that really upset me. I was so, I mean, we're so hungry to see it. You know, one, two, and three, forget about it. You know, I still believe that George Lucas did that on purpose because he didn't really want to do them. But, but uh, seven was this opportunity. You know, you could have burped and everybody would have gone and seen it and then to be so lazy. <laughs> to trace over the I mean how stupid do you really take me for that you're going to trace over the original Star Wars episode 4 A New Hope and you're and I'm not going to notice right and you're going to give me some lame story it's for the people who didn't see the original well you know what I'm going to tell you something there's a thing called DVDs and streaming and you can see them so don't you think that you're going to do better than George Lucas did with that original film cuz you're not and empires those three films i mean i'm not a real fan of the of the uh return of the jedi one but i really do love empire and the original film but i am a big fan of the original three i got to go to a screening of seven and i was sitting a, a one row away from jj abrams and the whole time he was talking i was going like this <laughs> I think they were going to have a Q&A, but he didn't want to hear from me. You were shaking your head? Thing because they need to lose his phone number. Mm. Star Wars is not for JJ. JJ needs to do something else. He's probably very good at something else. Star Wars, he is not. Okay? Diversity doesn't mean that you look at a film and you go, okay, I'm watching Star Wars 4. That guy could be a black guy. Let's put him in. And since Luke was a man who got into the force, let's put a woman there now. (laughs) And I mean, it's just frustrating. You can see the numbers work and simply tracing over the original film, bigger monster, but they still hid in the same place on the Falcon that they did in the first one. Yep. Did they ever? (laughs) Really? I mean, it was really frustrating. You sit there and you just go, you're making me feel like you think I'm an idiot. And I'm not an idiot. 60 some odd times in a week. (laughs) Well, and you have to, I don't care if you're, but, but if you, if Disney is your jam, you guys are talking about Disney. If you love Disney, the thing that really upsets you the most are films like Maleficent, True, Angelina Jolie was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And who says a villain is not happy being a villain? And Maleficent is happy being a villain. Stop trying to change her just because you liked a little thing called Wicked. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. Yep. It's so frustrating. Lion King. For real? A live action Lion King? <laughs> Really? <laughs> and millions of people went to watch it, so they're going to bless us with another one. <laughs> Don't go, please, God. Way to go, Carrie. <laughs> hey, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I was a fan. The reason we, my favorite character in The Lion King is Rafiki. 
But try to get a real baboon to behave like Rafiki. <laughs> You're going to die. So. Oh, my goodness. It just kills me. I just every single time. And this Mulan. Oh, my God. The only thing that would have made Mulan worse for me was paying $30 to see it early. Whoops. <laughs> I did. I, that the one girl I liked. Is fabulous. She's wonderful. But the writers give her no arc. The writers give her nowhere to glow. Right out of the gate, she's some sort of superhero. She has no growth. She has no way to develop. She has no way to understand. She has no way to learn. There's no epiphany for her right. in the live action. She's just a superhero. Why would the guys follow her at all? They all follow her because the guy says, well, she's, why do you follow her? What? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the girl is really beautiful and she's really good. But the writers treated her like they treat many women. And the original Mulan, when you watch the original, the original Mulan, it's because Mulan is a screw up. Mm. She's an absolute screw up in the beginning. She cannot do anything right. Mm hmm. She keeps messing up and all she wants to do is be a good person and serve her, help her family. She loves her family and she's scared to death to go to war, but she doesn't want her dad to do it. So what does she do? I'm going to do it. Does she even know how to lift a sword? We know the answer. No. <laughs> but she learns because she has to. And the reason she defeats the Huns is because she uses her brain. Why is it so hard to let women use their brains? These live action films. It's just ridiculous. Disney, I don't mind you doing something over again, but don't insult me. Don't hurt my feelings and don't make me feel stupid. And then you get something magical like soul. Mm. Oh my God. Did I felt like they had so much more to tell at the end of that. I oh. felt like they left me hanging. Well, that's a good thing because maybe they'll give us a post. I was like, wait, you there's see? a whole other story here. <laughs> it was just a beautiful journey. Mm. We know you can do it, Disney. You're Disney. You can do this. You got this. You'd end up doing the Ma you did the Mandalorian. You did the Mandalorian two seasons. It was actually cool, with the exception of the CG over the guy for Mark Hamill. Let Mark Hamill die, find a young actor that looks like Mark Hamill, and continue the story, okay? We don't need Mark Hamill's face on there. Let him do a voice, leave it alone. The bad Snapchat. But <laughs> honestly, you know, because in Star Wars, it's just as important to me that you respect my characters. Mm -hmm. And we were going to talk some Muppets, Carrie. One of the things is the last Muppet thing that Disney did that I worked on. I really didn't like it very much. I love that it was at Disney Studios because I could fall out of bed and do the job. But they made Fozzie steal. Yeah, the Muppets. <laughs> what was it called? Fozzie was it stole. just called Muppets? Miss Piggy was mean and Fozzie stole. That's the one where they were doing like The Office. That... Yeah. Yeah. 
And I was thought it just called the Muppets or the Muppets, Mupp- the Muppets Muppet Show or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what it was, yeah. but but it was very sad because Fozzie stole. Yeah, he, he did, didn't he? And Kermit was kind of jerk. And none of these characters are like that. And and now again, if you love the Muppets, they kept saying they wanted it new and fresh for the new audience. Well, have they ever heard? Don't go after the cows in their yard. Milk the cows you have at home. So make it for the people who know the Muppets and they'll bring their children and they'll show their children. Make them happy. Make us happy. Those of us who saw Jim's original vision and got to see it, please be true to these characters because Fozzie would never steal. And it's an insult to make him do so. Kermit had a a girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, that's the we, one, right? Where Kermit, Kermit and Piggy were out, like they were done, and they were finished, well, and, and they he started so dating someone each else. Other. They were really, I just that I think even more upsetting was they were mean. Mm-hmm. They were so mean, and in Muppet movie, Piggy is not mean. She's just self-involved. You know, she loves Kermit. She thinks yep. he's great. Then the agent calls, and she's like, mm, goodbye. You know. <laughs> She's off to Paris. I'll be back though. You know, she doesn't have to say it. We know she's coming back, but there's just priorities. You know, she did. She wasn't mean. So that's the thing that I think is really, is really a challenge for me is as you're going to go forward with the Muppets and they say they're going to do more Muppets. I'm thankful that Muppets is on Disney plus now so Mm. that they can actually see what Jim had in mind for these characters. I actually have a friend. Characters are very sweet. She's actually, Hmm? I have a friend tell me last week, she's younger than I am. And she says she watched mm-hmm. the Muppet show for the first time last week. And she said she was like nearly in tears. She was laughing so hard and was enjoying it so much. And it's brilliant. She was watching it with her mom and and with the, the guest stars that her mom grew up with. So it became a sharing moment together. And Exactly. Yeah. And it's Dinosaurs is the same way. Yeah. Dinosaurs the TV show, Jim's Dream. It was great to be a part of Jim's Dream. And I got to be baby Sinclair's arms and hit and rip and tear. And it was the most fun I had in so many different ways. What a great show. And I never thought it would be on the screen again. And here it is on Disney+. There Plus. It is. It's I know. such That's a joy. Amazing. And it holds up. It really is the perfect show for the pandemic. Yeah, it was the one thing that when I saw it was coming back, my husband and I were so excited to pour cereal wear our pajamas and just watch dinosaurs for Saturday. It's, like, it was the best. <laughs> it's fantastic. And on my Facebook live uh, for the public, I'm giving away uh, swag for the best story for the best uh, dinosaur story. You can email it to me. You can message it to me, but I have swag from 1992, oh, wow. 1991, oh. 1993. And I'm giving it to, I said, I'll give it to you guys. Just give me a good story. You know, so far, nobody's doing it. I think they're afraid, but, oh. you know, there goes that voice again. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to listen <laughs> to that voice anymore. <laughs> any and everyone can do it. I mean, the story you just told me, Cheryl, is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, you know. Does that I count? Have buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> you know, send it to me so I can remember it. You know, I'm 63, so. <laughs> You are totally, you are always sprinkling pixie dust for everybody else. You're bringing joy to so many. 
and and we are gonna have you back, Terry. Like I have to have you back on again and again because you, you have to cut this one up into three. This should uh, take yeah. for a year. <laughs> this, I'm good, but I cannot end the podcast without you telling us what brought you some pixie dust this week. Something that made you happy this week that um, that you could. Oh, share. you're gonna be so surprised. Oh, okay, okay. I'm telling people that you're trapped. You're stuck for during the pandemic. You have to isolate. My husband is high risk, so I'm very isolated because we're too young at 63. He just turned 64 to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very careful. And I have to real, I told people, you got to have a grain of salt when you go out into the world today because anyone could turn into a Karen. And I'm not going to use Karen for the Karens out there that are not Karens. It's kind of mean that they're calling them Karen and you, it's like judging you, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you sh- people should be curious, not judgmental. And it's very hard during this time. Uh, Walt Whitman said that. And uh, and so the thing that brought me joy was that I told people to learn something new. And I believe in leading from the front. So my husband bought me some amazing paint for Christmas. He said, what do you want? I said, I want these particular paints. They're very, they're a little expensive. And uh, that's what I want for Christmas. And so he bought them for me. And they've been staring at me. And I said, I really, really want to use them. So just before I joined you guys, I started mixing colors because I'm taking this little class online from this girl. And uh, she's teaching us how to paint a portrait. And so uh, I'm kind of giving, I'm sharing my journey with my people on Patreon and saying I've never painted before in my life. I did one of my dog with Janny, and it really <laughs> is cute. But I said, now I'm going to really, you know, this teacher wants you to do a portrait. And I said, I'll do myself because I won't complain. It doesn't look like me. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll just, you know, trust. And I'll show you all the positives and the negatives. And I've already had, I'm already behind by a week. You know, the first thing I had to do was take a, take a picture of myself transfer it to the canvas with by putting a transfer paper or a graphite and i didn't like i thought i liked the end result but i didn't like it it woke me the next day like at three o'clock in the morning i wake up and go i really hate that (laughs) my face is too narrow i have a round face i want to keep my round face so i did it over again which is another reason i'm behind but uh i did it over again and i just i was real excited about the way it looks so now I'm going on to the colors and everything. The point is, I'm really so excited about this class that uh, it, this week in particular, it brought me the greatest joy. It's just, oh, because I'm doing these things, these illuminating hitchhiking ghosts. Mm-hmm. And now I know why they're specters, because they mess with you. <laughs> and they have been messing with me between them and the pandemic. I have been working so hard to get them to their adoptive parents that it begins to be a bit exhausting. It's, it's very challenging. So to have this painting where all I'm worrying about is that flesh tone pink enough uh, <laughs> is just wonderful. I'm just so excited. That's the long version of something that made me really happy today. Well, it made us happy too. (laughs) Yep, totally made us happy. I can't thank you enough for joining us. And honestly, we have to, we're going to have to chunk them into different things that we're we're going to have to have you back on and talk about again. And I am going to, 
Make sure to link in the show notes to your website, terryharden.com, your YouTube, Patreon, Facebook. People Just can say find Google you. me. Google you. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier. It Google is. Terry Harden. It goes up like, like the credits. It's oh, like crazy now because spent. I finally am, you know, I've done the work and, and stuff has happened. So before we go, what, what uh, pixie dust moment happened in your, your guys' lives this, this week? Oh, who wants to go first? I can go first because uh, wow, I. Oh, Carrie, uh, <laughs> she's ready this time. <laughs> well, I sometimes struggle with finding my pixie dust, and because we don't go too far, and 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 then over the the last while of us doing these podcasts, I've Francine has helped me see pixie dust in my day to day. Whereas mm-hmm. before, I was like, I haven't bought anything, I haven't been anywhere. Um, so I'm getting I'm getting better episode after episode of finding the pixie dust in my life. Anyways, my pixie dust is that um, over the last little while when Disney Plus, uh, well, in Canada, we have Star now on our Disney Plus. I don't know if it's like that in the U.S., um, but we have like they put on Blossom, the, the, sh- the, uh-huh. the show from my preteen age ages, Blossom. Uh-huh. And I have been watching Blossom. And remembering being Blossom's age, I believe we're me and Maya and Bialik are exactly the same age. I, I remember being the Blossom age and understanding Blossom. And then it's sort of like when we watched the Muppets, turned uh-huh. on Blossom and just giggled and laughed and remembered and thought, wow, what a great show that was back then and how much it meant to me and how much I still love it today. So that's been my little binge watching recently that's brought me so much and such a surprise because i never knew blossom was going to come back into my life <laughs> at all and see there's positive all of things her about are the there. pandemic and blossom emerges yep yep loved it and i've been in love with joey lawrence since since that day <laughs> and i've always loved blossom i've and i love my Bialik then i love her now and it's just it's just great bigger bigger is happy about it too. so when you're feeling bad you you, you throw that up you put that up on the TV when yep. you're when you're feeling yep. kind of cruddy, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, I just think that is just that's just wonderful, and another reason to uh, subscribe to the uh, podcast <laughs> because uh, if you're you don't can't find your pixie dust, it's time to come here and find it. Well, and we think like our listeners do like reach out to us sometimes and and tell us like they like our pixie dust or they or we suggest something or they tell us their pixie dust. Yeah. Um, or maybe mm-hmm. sometimes we are their pixie dust, depending <laughs> on what happened. we talked about that week. <laughs> exactly. Cheryl, what was yours this week? Well, at first I was going to say that um, even after being laid off this year briefly, um, I had to do like the government, uh, you know, support stuff. I was thinking that my uh, my tax return wasn't going to be anything exciting, but I still got a refund. So that was exciting. Um, hey! <laughs> so it's going to go right into savings, but... Um, since Carrie mentioned Star, uh, I am a sucker for Nicolas Cage movies. And they are like my guilty pleasure just because he's like the perfect amount of cheese and I love it. Um, but uh, He really is, right? He is. Yeah. He totally and uh, is. I hadn't seen Con Air yet. And so my <gasps> husband and I watched oh Con my Air. Gosh. And I loved it so much. I'm like, this is one of my new favorites for sure. <laughs> my husband laughs at me because I like Ghost Rider. I haven't seen it yet. I need Both to. of them. 
and he's like they're so cheesy honey oh my gosh you got you you got you gotta see nick cage's johnny blaze <laughs> it really is very cool it's very very he's he's I'm with you. My my husband says he does a lot of cheese because he's got to pay his alimony. But the <laughs> point is, is that I don't care why he has to. I'm with you. I did a sculpture for Disneyland uh, of Chernabog. And it was in this. <laughs> Disneyana store and Nicolas Cage bought it. Yeah. And so I kept saying, well, I know I'll we'll cross paths. He's down at Venice. I'm sure we'll run into each other. And when we did the first D23, they brought Nicolas Cage backstage. I was doing Muppets for the first D23 out in Anaheim. And they brought Nicolas Cage back and his little boy happens to love chickens. Well, Henson has this little inside joke, Carrie. Um, in California, I do uh, the Foster Farms chickens. I designed them, I created them. They're seriously crazy. If you don't know what they are, go to my YouTube channel and look at the Foster Farms commercials because I have a playlist that's all Foster Farms commercials. But anyway, I do these chickens. So the, the Henson thought it would be really funny if I did, whenever I do background characters, they give me these chickens. So sure enough for D23, they gave me these chickens. So Nicolas Cage comes backstage and uh, whoever was in charge, I can't remember who it was, says, Terry, uh, there's a little boy out front. He wants to see the chickens. He loves the chickens. And, uh, and I put my chickens on and go, okay, I'll go out there. And as I'm going out there, they say, it's Nicolas Cage's son. And I go, really? So I'm playing with his little boy with the chicken. And the little kid is just giggling away. He must be only three or four. And I look up and I go, nice to meet you, Mr. Cage. I mean, I'm down with the kid playing. And I look up and I go, nice to meet you, Mr. Cage. And he says, nice to meet you. It's really sweet of you doing this. You have one of my sculptures, Nicolas Cage. He says, I have one of your sculptures? I said, yeah. Chernabog, you bought it way back? He goes, you're Terry Harden? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody looks from the Muppet group, okay? And I look up and I say, why, yes, I am. And you're Nicolas Cage. And uh, he said, it's one of my favorite things. He said, it's one of my most cherished pieces that I have. And uh, we were backstage talking about it, you know? So I love that you like Nicolas Cage. I agree. I and uh, what a nice way to have pixie dust. I thought your story couldn't get any better when you said I, I put my chickens on. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you had me on. I put my chickens on. I was like, honest to goodness. How awesome is that? That you that you Jim say also that in your liked life. the fact I my... that I was mixed. So whenever I did a background character, he gave me the zebra. <laughs> <laughs> mean because i've always i've always identified with the zebra for that very reason oh and gosh. when i was talking with jim henson i said i like zebras because right there they're mixed and and he said oh so the next thing he goes give terry the zebra so it wasn't any you know it wasn't any racist thing i don't want people to get all bent out of shape it's just that i love the zebra because the zebra is blatantly a mixed character and uh, I fell in love with him. And so Jim would give me the zebra. And then after that, they gave me the chickens because of the chickens Foster Farm chicken commercial. So yes. And then Nicolas Cage, great. Just just a really, it was just a great opportunity to tell him that he had Story. one of my pieces. And then I didn't say anything much about his movies. I have to say, we ended up talking about the sculpture. 
but uh, there's so many things that I love. But one of my favorite ones that I watch over and over again till my husband just says, can we please watch something else is Ghost is uh, Ghostwriter. Oh. He's so good in it. The Rock, the Rock Face Off and Gone in 60 Seconds are my trifecta. Fun. <laughs> con Air. It's got to be oh Con Air. Watch all out the for way. Ghost Rider, though. It's really good. Yeah, you might have to edit that list. We'll it's see. Because really Con good. Air is now up there. So. Con Air is my yeah. absolute favorite. Yeah. When he turns Crazy, and right? says, put the bunny back in the box, <laughs> I should have put the bunny back. back. And Francine, what's yours? Uh, mine, mine is hardly exciting this week, but there um, she goes again. I know, right? But I'm has Terry not Terry taught you anything taught me. this episode? Um, I finally, <laughs> I finally rearranged my desk this week, and I'm I forgot that I'm a little bit older, so moving furniture is really probably not the best thing for me to be doing. But I did it anyway. Because with the time change and spring and the sunlight, I wanted to make sure that I was close to windows and getting all the vitamin D. So I still have a bit of a mess, but I managed to do it anyway. And I'm just trying to get set up for how I want to conduct all of this in the summer and and get organized. So I feel good that I finally did something that's been on my to-do list for probably a couple of months. So there's a lot of that. There's so much of my cleaning my garage. Yeah, I mean, people go, I mean, it's an endeavor because I haven't <laughs> done it since we moved and we moved in, in, uh, my husband and I both got the, the house in, uh, 1994 after the earthquake, I had mine and he had his, we weren't married yet. So when I moved in, in 2004, that's been the last time really. And I said to myself, you know what? Uh, he would really, he likes open surfaces. So Francine, that is, that is definitely mm-hmm. A pixie dust moment because because what I did for his birthday since he was very I took him out to have breakfast but I took him out in a place in Eagle Rock California where the woman has put up greenhouses so you actually can sit inside a greenhouse and be completely protected from COVID-19 you can actually eat and not feel like you know it's just so brilliant and I told her my husband was high risk. Could I get a reservation? She said, we don't usually do that. But for me, she did that. And I was very grateful because it was a chance for him to get out. He, he, he goes to his office at Universal Studios, but it's not really going out. So that was really, really super, super, super cool. But the one thing he likes is clean surfaces. So I cleaned off the table in the den for his birthday. Oh. He got up and he found that table clean. How you know? Oh, honey. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Francine, you never know how excited it's going to make a person. I know. And it was, it was definitely, it it definitely made me happy this week. So I'm very, it uh, it was a beautiful day today too. So you did all that work and then I enjoyed every minute of it. The sun was blazing in and (laughs) And tomorrow's supposed to rain. And I'm all like, yeah, come on, you know. But yes, you guys have now, you know, a nice 10 part series. And uh, I, yes, cat we do. Was even bored, Carrie. Yeah, okay. I watched your cat go, really? She's still talking. I'm going to go grab myself something. <laughs> Figaro <laughs> says, out of here, man. Carrie, <laughs> we could listen to you for days. And, and I definitely, we will have you back. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been. Well, you guys brought me a lot delight. of pixie dust tonight. It's always fun to get with people when you can't get close and just laugh. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Carrie's got Figaro up. Sorry, I had to grab it's him like you're he... looking at you're looking at Figaro and Figaro's kinda like, Will you will you will you 
open the door. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he is. He's, he's, he's got this face. For the door. Like, <laughs> he's a big you know, cat. He's nailed eh? like four hundred times in the last ten minutes, so I just grabbed him. He's a big cat. That's a big. That's a big pussy cat. That's a really big cat. It's pretty healthy. Mama, please. He's pretty Mama, healthy. Please. <laughs> Terry, I'm gonna link to everything in the in, on the website as well, and thank um, you, and remind everyone where to find give me you. a shout out, and I'll just tell. 100%. And if I can help you guys in any way, should you decide to do, you know, explore Patreon or or talk to people, then uh, you definitely have a testimonial from me, and you know, thank first you. to sign up or whatever. You know, you. I I just think that that it would be if this is what you guys want to do then um, the time is now. There's so many other people that are doing it and, and uh, you know, not necessarily a Disney one, but they're doing podcasts and they're doing quite well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's becoming yeah. their job, but they love it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's my job, but that's what you said. You This is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I'd share it with as many many people as possible. And, and any time mm-hmm. a door opens, you know, walk through it because Start you never know which one is going to be the 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 yellow brick road, that golden ticket that, I mean, it's amazing mm-hmm. to me. People go like one lady the other day, she said, when do you stop talking and start charging money? Yeah. You know, cause I, I told her, you know, I talked for three hours and she goes, well, and you don't charge anything for it. I said, no. And she says, so when do you stop, char- stop talking and start charging money? I said, I'm not going to charge you to, to talk on, on YouTube. I am going to tell you about things where I do, get a little money. Believe me, $5 a a month is not going to a career make for me, but that's not why I do it. And I think you need to understand that if everything is about the money, how authentic can you be? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, you know, I, I do this for, what do I get for it? Well, my hitchhiking ghosts that glow are $1,300 a set. We're not talking two bucks. We're right. talking, well, $1,299 for three ghosts that light up. Not cheap. And yet I only have 10 out of 50 left. So, so that's what I talk about with any of my characters. I, you know, I did Oswald the Lucky Rabbit at the beginning of the pandemic. He sold out. And I said, how many want to adopt Oswald? Did you get Oswald? He actually... Of all the pins I have, I've got boards and boards in my office here. Um, but my Oswald is at work with me. Um, Your pin? So I see him at my unmagical job. Um, and he, you know, he brings me some pixie dust every day. I say, like, you know, I can go and do, like, bigger things. I know I can. Well, and, if and- you, Oswald is a great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the puppet and the pin is still available. So all you have to do is go to the online store and check all this stuff out. There's better pictures. You can play with it and do all that kind of stuff. But I I really love you guys. I really appreciate all of you. I think your input has been just joyful. Thank you for sharing with me your your pixie dusts. Thank you. uh, I think it's great that you ask what what was your happy note. I'm really glad we got to do this. Feel free to reach out anytime, Cheryl, and any of you. You're all family. All right, you guys. Have much a great love, night. much hugs. Be well. You too. And uh, may all your dreams come true. Wow, that was a fun interview. I had such a blast chatting with Terry Harden. Carrie, Cheryl, and I, you know, left feeling very inspired, and we were so thankful for the conversation. And a special shout out to Cheryl from Let's Make Some Magic, who set up this interview for us. So make sure you want to support her, go over and check out her Etsy shop. I will have the link in the show notes for sure. 
And if you'd like to support the podcast, make sure that you're telling people about it. Help us get the word out and share the podcast with anybody that you think might enjoy it as well. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, remember, you are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after.